0: Thanks for tuning in to the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more information, you can go to woodsedge.org or look us up on Facebook under Woods Edge Students. When we get started today, we're going to look at a quick, a quick little clip from the Olympics. Maybe you saw it on social media. That's where I found it. But I thought it was super encouraging and very applicable to this service. So just check this out real fast and then we'll talk about it. All right. I love that clip. Um, The minute I saw it, I was like, man, that'll preach all day. And then I'm like, oh, that'll preach this weekend. Um, You guys, I love that guy's response when he heard the national anthem, right? I mean, that was, that counted, right? That was one of his qualifying runs as he charged down there to do the, you know, thing. I don't know what he's doing. I couldn't do it, but I love it. But I love that the minute he heard his country song, right, His call to service, he dropped everything and responded. And I love his little puppy dog eyes as he's like looking around. He couldn't find the flag. But he heard a call to service and he dropped everything he was doing. Because he was like, I'm in. I'm responding. What do you want from me? How can I serve? You guys, that kind of devotion, that kind of drop everything and respond to God, commitment, commitment, is God's looking for nothing less from us this morning, every Sunday morning, every time that you go to church, every single time you hear a word from the Lord, read scripture that touches your heart. God is looking for you to respond. It doesn't matter if it convicts you, if you don't do anything with the conviction. The Western church, American church is dying on the vine because people go to church and they're like, that was amazing. Oh, the video they played was terrific. And then they take that conviction, that God anointed, like, you need to work on this. Uh, I want to love you more in this area of your life. And they do nothing with it. And, and we just, we just kind of rot, like really yummy leftovers that we never go into the fridge and use. You guys, God's looking for us when we hear from him to be like, what can I do? Here I am. Use me. Today and every Sunday, the most important part of any word from the Lord you hear, whether it be a sermon, scripture, prayer, whatever, is the response. It's what are you going to do when God's calling you out, when God's calling you up? What are you going to do? If it's nothing, that's okay. He doesn't love you less, but you're missing out. You're missing out. That guy was not like the top contender. He's been training for years definitely four years to make the olympic team to show up at the olympics i do not think he medaled at all but he's proud of that moment because when his time came he stood up and people will be talking about that for years when that guy heard his country's call the bigger thing than him calling to him he's like i'm dropping everything and i'm ready to respond how are you going to respond this morning are you going to respond this morning if you don't know if you don't know you have the energy or the conviction or the courage to respond with confidence this morning, right now, in your own words, just, God, give me give me strength. Open my ears. So this morning, we're going to be talking about serving a little bit. This is your student ministry, right? I am not a student. I'm a 41-year-old man, and I am creaky, and I worked in the yard this weekend, and I'm having a hard time standing up. A wasp stung me on my hand yesterday, and I feel like I'm going to die. I am not a student. I am not a teenager. I do not have the life and vitality that you guys have This is your student ministry. I'm just here to help you along the way. But as your student ministry, you should be serving your student ministry. You should be serving your church. Just as I am serving Wood's Edge by loving and shepherding you guys and getting to do life with you guys, how are you giving back to the community that God has called you to be a part of? If he's calling you and you're ignoring that call, then you're not responding to what he's calling you to do. Um, This is your student ministry, and every year we encourage, like, own it. Own this place. Take some ownership. Get plugged in. Get involved. Walk in here with your head held high, knowing, I'm part of this. Like, I'm not just a shadow on the wall. I'm not just um, a wallflower passing by. Like, I'm part of this. I'm plugged in. So today, there's a variety of ways you could respond from what you're going to hear today. We're going to be looking at the woman at the well again. And maybe God's going to speak to you about something that has nothing to do with serving in student ministry. But maybe he is you need to prepare to do something about it. Outside, you may have already noticed, and maybe you already signed up, so kudos for you, but we got four tables and then a fifth table at the end. Our four tables are our four serving tables. There's a table for worship. There's a table for the tech team. Welcome, set up and tear down. And after this service, you can go out there and sign up at any one of those that floats your boat, that stirs in you. If you have any sort of technical skills, we desperately need more volunteers in the tech booth. It's our most understaffed resource. If you like working with computers, if you want to learn how all this jazz works and how we amplify the message of God through lights and volume and pictures, like we need your help. So sign up to serve in the tech booth. If you love people, if you got a great smile, if when you come here you just can't contain how excited you are to be with your people and be at church, we would love for you to serve on the welcome team. There is You cannot understate the value and the importance of being welcomed well, especially if it's your first time to come to church. There are some of you here that um, had you not been warmly greeted, an arm around your shoulder the first time you ever went to church, you'd never come back. I know how that feels. We don't want to be that kind of student ministry. We want everybody to feel noticed and heard and welcomed, and we need to staff those teams. So maybe the welcome team is for you. If you're a behind-the-scenes kind of person, when I first started coming to church here, I didn't want to be out front. I didn't really feel sure about myself. I didn't really know what I had to offer. I signed up for the setup team. I set up chairs every single Sunday morning and Wednesday night at the old campus. Um, and I loved it. It was behind the scenes. Not a lot of attention. I could just do my thing. And I like making things nice and pretty and straight. And I just really dug setting up chairs. And that would lead to me getting to know more people at church, um, finding more family here, uh, eventually even getting a job. That's not the goal, but it's a place to start. So if you want to do something behind the scenes, you can't overstate the value of setting up. We can't have communion if people don't come and set up. We can't um, have chairs to sit in. Every Sunday almost, we've got to set these up. We've got to set up cards. It's not a huge intensive task, but it's vital. It's essential to establish the feeling and the um, tone of the room. So sign up for the setup team. And then our last team we're promoting this morning is worship. If you love to sing, if you play any instrument, I don't care if it's the mandolin or the harmonica, like sign up. I'll put a harmonica on stage all day. You, are you like awesome with the kazoo? Bring it on. Let's make that happen. But sign up to lead worship. Leading people into the presence of the Lord. Um, and remember, like don't sign up to perform for these people here. You have an audience of one. But we would love to have some of you guys sign up for the worship team. We, I know there's some people in here that have never been up on stage, and maybe it scares the bejesus out of you, but God's calling you this morning to step out in faith, be a little bold, and lead your students into the throne room. Will you accept the charge? I've never had a student accept the charge get up here and say they regretted it. Um, if you are already part of a serving team, good, but You are not part of those serving teams right now unless you've signed up afresh. It's a brand new year. So if you're like, oh, yeah, I'm on the welcome team last year, we need you to sign up again. And all you have to do is check a box when you go to the tables. Okay, so those are some responses for later on in the service. But again, God might say something completely different to you. Maybe he wants you to start a BMX ministry or pray for a friend. I don't know. But those are what we're going to promote for today. So what do you get if you sign up for serving? You get a free T-shirt, right? Um, they'll be available for sale for 5 bucks. That's half of what I paid to make them each. But they'll be available for sale for 5 bucks next week. So if you just can't serve for whatever reason, fine. You can get one next week. But if you sign up on a serving team, you get a free shirt today. This is our motto. This is why we exist, to make disciples. And we do it from a place of love, not beating people over the head. And you get more ownership in the student ministry. And ultimately, like you get to learn a little bit more about who you are, how God wired you, and how you can give back to this church. John Speehigh. What's up, buddy? You guys, this is one of my best friends that I've grown up with. since I was a little guy. John started coming to this church a while ago. John serves in the children's ministry. John, has there ever been a morning that you've shown up to serve in the children's ministry that you regretted? Oh, absolutely not. It's amazing. It is. the church, you also get 10 picture of me. Sweet. Right there, that's autographed copy, by the way. Thanks, John. You guys, you will not regret plugging in and finding your place to serve. And I know for a fact that it has helped define my purpose and John's as well. Look, he's getting out of here. He's like, <laughs> he called me out. See you later, What's All right. Last week, we talked about the woman at the well, John chapter 4. The woman at the well was a Samaritan woman, and that's noteworthy because Samaritans in general similar to a lot of us in this room, they had a low opinion of themselves as a people. Anybody got a low opinion of themselves sometimes? I do. did last night at 2 in the morning. Anybody in here, like the Samaritan woman, have any mistakes that they've made? Anybody carrying around some baggage? I certainly do and have. Anybody carrying some hurt, some unforgiveness, some anger? It's rolling around in me. It was rolling around in her. Anybody ever feel like they just don't belong? I feel like that. I feel like that a lot. But what did Jesus say to her? And what did he say to us last week in the first half of the woman at the well story? He said to her, and he's saying to you this morning, I do not judge you by your past. Don't come in here believing in your mind that because of what you did last night or last summer, that Jesus is like, I can't even say what I'm thinking, right? Don't come in here thinking Jesus has a low opinion of you from your mistakes in the past. He does not judge you by your mistakes. He does not look at you and see tarnish, soiled, grossness. He sees you as awesome, beautiful, perfect, just the way you are, no matter how you're doing. Jesus does not care how much you know about the Bible. It's great and beneficial to know as much about the Bible as possible, but he's not impressed by that. He's impressed by what's in here. He's impressed by authenticity. He's impressed by brokenness. Jesus has given us the gift of church, of this community. Whether we were meeting in my living room, this building or on the street or under in caves, this is church. This is your student ministry in your community, and He has given it to you as a safe place to be hurt, to deal with hate. Anger, unforgiveness, fear, shame, guilt. This is like your washing machine for your soul. Don't be afraid to bring that junk in here. You're supposed to bring it in here. Jesus loves to answer our questions. This is a place where you can bring your, you're not sure about stuff, faith, the Bible, whatever. I don't know what you're talking about, Justin. Ask your questions. There's no stupid questions in here. Jesus will never, ever ever reject you. If you have nothing else that you walk away from this service from, remember this for the rest of your life. I don't care if you stop going to church today. Jesus will never reject you. People might. He will not. And Jesus, all he wants, all he wants is to spend time with you. Just wants to hang out with you by a well, by in a quiet place, and just talk with you, chill with you, get to know you, and be known by you. It's always looking for. You don't have to, oh, I got to do this, 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 and this. No. You get to spend time with them. And as far as the student ministry is concerned, we got the same desire. We just want to do life with you guys. We want to be here for you this year. We want to answer your questions. We want to throw an arm around you and pray for you when something horrible happens. And we want to lift you up and be like, yes, when something awesome happens. We are here for you. We're going to pick back up in John about where we left off. I'm going to take a sip of water. But we're going to pick up in John chapter 4, 15 through 34. So the woman at the well has just been told, girl, I have life for you. I have forgiveness for you. I have love for you. I have a future and a hope for you that you can't even imagine. She has heard it from the lips of God, and she is believing it. And she says to him, please, please, sir, give me this water. Give me this life. Give me this freedom. Give me this identity. I want a relationship with you. Then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water anymore. Well, okay, Jesus told her, first, go get your husband. Well, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. So you certainly spoke the truth when you said that. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. Sir, you, you are speaking, that you know exactly where I'm at. You know that I've got a sin issue that is defining me, that is eroding my life, that is affecting people's opinion of me. You are correct. I've got an issue. And note, he's not calling her out to make her feel bad. He's saying there is something in your life that's standing in the way of you and me, of you and your future, of you and identity. He loves her enough to say, you've got an issue, and I want to help you with it. He's not trying to make her feel bad. He's trying to set her free. Sir, the woman replied, you must be a prophet. Sir, you are absolutely right. I do have that. I'm wrestling with that even now. So tell me, she says, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshiped. Jesus replied to her question Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. Me too. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about the one we worship. But the time is coming, indeed, it's here. Right now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking down from heaven all day, every day, for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, okay, well, I know the Messiah is coming. The one that they call Christ. Now when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. That's huge. Girl, you think we're just chilling here at the well? You're talking to God in the flesh. And normal people don't make that claim. How's it going? Good? Yeah? And guess what? I'm God. No. This is a big deal that he said this to her. Jesus No, just, not wearing my glasses. Looks like Jesus. Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then, his disciples came back from the village where they were getting food. And they were shocked. Shocked like, ugh. They were shocked to find him talking to a Samaritan woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Why are you talking to her? The woman left her water job beside the well, and she ran back to the village, telling everyone, come, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Come meet this guy who knows what's in my heart. Come meet this guy I never met before, but knows me. Spoke to me in love, compassion. Come meet this guy. Could he possibly be the Messiah? Could he be Jesus? And the people came, streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Teacher, eat something. They've been in the village grabbing some food. Eat something. Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about, guys. Well, did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked. And then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes From doing the will of God, who sent me from finishing his work. My nourishment comes from serving the Lord. A lot that we can take away from this. We're going to start back in verse 20. The woman says to Jesus, after he's offered her life, eternity, identity, purpose, same thing he's offering all of you today, so tell me, Why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it's here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshiped? The woman is saying to Jesus, Okay, I recognize that you are speaking truth to me right now. I recognize I'm willing to believe that you are speaking the truth to me right now. So what do I do with it? How do I respond? How often have you been to church? How often have you read the Bible? How often have you had somebody pray for you and you're like, this is true. This is real. This is rocking my world. This is, this is a game changer. That's how the woman felt. What you're saying to me, it's, I, I, don't even, I can't explain it, but it's stirring in me, and it's true. What do I do with the truth you're telling me? How do I respond? What are you going to do with the truth you hear this morning, you guys, and how are you going to respond? Jesus replied, believe me, dear child, The time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes to the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here right now, today, this very moment, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit So those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. My friend, do you believe that I'm telling you the truth this morning? Young lady, do you believe that I'm telling the truth, that I'm Jesus? Well, believe this too. You want to know where to worship me? Right here. Doesn't matter if you're in Jerusalem, Woods Edge, Klein Oak. You want to know where to worship me? Right here. You want to know when to worship me? Right now. You want to know how to worship me in spirit and in truth by being real. What's the point of you guys coming here? What's the point of us gathering together in small groups if we're just going to sit and lie to ourselves and other people saying, oh, I'm fine, everything's fine, I don't have any problems, I got it all together. No, you don't. No, I don't. What's the point if we come to worship God in this house and pretend? He's looking for spirit. He's looking for truth. He's looking for heart. He's looking for you to say, I I can barely speak the words, you guys. I'm not feeling, but like, I'm struggling with pornography. I am struggling with an eating disorder. I am struggling with lying. I am stealing from my mother. I I, I hurt somebody last week, and I'm scared to say it. Uh, I can't deal with the gossip. I can't deal with the unforgiveness. I can't deal with the anger. What's the point of coming here and being like, oh, I'm fine. Everything's good. He is looking. God is scanning the earth, looking for just someone who will say, I am broken. I need help. And that's what she did. Bring your husband. I don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. The guy you're living with, you're living in sin. And she said, yes, I am. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. That's what he's looking for. Don't show up here and act like, oh, I got everything I need. I've been in a relationship with Jesus for over a decade, almost two. I still have deep spiritual needs that only God can meet. When I show up here, I don't, oh, I'm good. I'm, I've reached the plateau. No, it only gets better and better if we are willing to invite him in. Worship is an outward expression of our gratitude to God. Right now, in your spirit, think, feel. Do you have anything you're thankful for in this life? Do you have anything to be grateful for? Did you sleep in a house last night with a roof? Do you know where your next meal is coming from? Right outside. Right? You have something to be grateful for. Are you healthy? Do you have anyone in your your world that cares about you? That's from the Lord. You have a reason to be thankful. That's worship. Expressing, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you that you're real. Thank you so much for this book. You've got a reason, so worship him. Express your gratitude. And all the woman is saying, where do I worship? right here when do i worship right now how do i worship be yourself be real i don't care how freaky you are always be yourselves in this building i welcome it i encourage it i expect it be yourselves here the woman responds okay um well, i know the messiah is coming the one who is called jesus the one who is called christ when he comes He'll explain everything to us. And then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. I am God. We covered where to worship. Here. We covered when to worship. Now. We covered how to worship. Be authentic. And now I'm going to tell you who to worship. Me. You worship Jesus Christ. The Messiah. Your Savior. I am everything you've been waiting for, he says to her. I am all that you need. I've got life in abundance for you. I've got gifts so great you can't even imagine them. Worship me, and I am going to blow your mind. But just then, his disciples come back, and they're shocked. I mean, they're having this conversation. This woman's life is changing, and the disciples come up, and they're like, oh, she's gross. Oh, look at her. The disciples come back, and they're shocked to find Jesus talking to a woman a samaritan a sinner but none of them had the nerve to ask what do you want with her why are you talking to her has anybody ever felt like they're not good enough anywhere in your life engage with me you guys have you ever felt like you're not good enough anybody in this room ever felt judged by somebody else Anybody in this room ever compared themselves to someone else and walked away thinking, I'm poo-poo, I'm garbage, compared to them? Well, that's how this woman felt. But Jesus just addressed all those feelings that we all have. He said to her, what? I don't judge you. I don't care how much you know. I don't look at you and see your past mistakes. I will never reject you. So those things are already dealt with. But then his little super saint God squad show up, and they're like, oh, she's, uh, right? She's no bueno, Jesus. What are you doing? These are his 12 chosen guys. They've spent more time with him than anyone else, and they show up. He's sharing how to have eternity and identity and purpose, and they're like, get her out of here. Is that how he wanted them to respond? No. Thank you so much. Interaction. I like it. There is a danger if we receive this incredible, life-changing, soul-altering love from God and become proud. There's a danger if you receive forgiveness and grace and mercy and love and identity and purpose from Jesus and start to believe, I earned this. I deserve this. I'm better than you in this and that's where jesus's disciples were on this day where they showed up and jesus was offering her the same free gift they had received and they're like no 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 no! that's for us not her she's gross look at her feet that was funny all right they saw themselves the disciples as this little super god squad and because they were with jesus all the time they started to think as i have done too i'm special um, I'm better than them. I'm better than you. And they started judging other people. And they even started judging themselves. Not too long before this interaction, I think it was before, these guys sat around in a little circle and they were talking, saying, well, you've sinned like that and you've sinned like that and I haven't, so I'm better than you. They sat around in a little circle and they said, Jesus, God in the flesh, tell us which one of us is the best. Who's the best here? You think God's gonna be like, oh, well, it's Fred, you know? That's not how he works. We are all special in the eyes of God, but in the eyes of God, you are no more special than anyone next to you. Get your mind around that. You are priceless in the eyes and the heart of Jesus Christ, in the eyes of God. You are spotless, perfect, awesome, but compared to your neighbor, he loves them the same way. If he doesn't think she's better than him and he's better than her, what right do we have to think that? What right do we have to sit around in a little circle and be like, well, they've sinned like this, so they're worse. They've sinned like this, so they don't hear from God the way that I hear from God. They've sinned like this, so they don't understand the scriptures the way that I understand the scriptures. Fools. Foolish, proud behavior. They were not worshiping in the spirit And in truth, they were worshiping in pride, in the flesh, in foolishness. And I'm guilty of it, too. I've done it before. But look what they missed out on as they're bickering and having negative thoughts about this woman that never did anything to them. They missed out on Jesus saying to her, this little servant girl, before them, his disciples, I'm God. He would not tell them that for several months. He did not reveal that to them for much longer but he told this girl he knew for five minutes hey you're talking to god right now so like what do you want ask i'll give it to you but these guys didn't have they had their heads in the right place they had their hearts in the wrong place and they missed out that the blessings were delayed i am the messiah while these disciples are busy bickering how's the woman respond she bolts she leaves she jets she drops her water jar beside the well. She ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see this man. Come to my church. Come to my small group. Come and read the Bible with me. Could it be, is it possible that Jesus Christ is the Messiah? And how the people respond? They came streaming from the village to see him. Have you ever gone anywhere and told anybody anything where a whole town, a whole school just gets up and like, let's go. This woman wasn't like, hey, man, there's a dude down at the well with some super dope hair. No. She's like, I think God is by the well. Let's go see. He told me all kinds of junk about me, like that I sleep with everyone, like she's announcing it. And he totally loved me and didn't judge me for it. And you guys, like he said things to me that I can't explain. Come meet him. And they're like, all right. I mean, I see you walk around, shuffle your feet, eyes on the ground, and now you are yelling at the masses saying, I'm forgiven, I'm set free, God is here. Let's go check it out. I love this lady. I love her response. She met God, she was convicted, and the first thing she did was, I gotta go tell everybody that Jesus is real. Come meet him. And what happened? Whole village. She brought the whole village to meet Jesus. Now, why is that significant? I wrote this sermon two weeks ago, and it was too much, so I had to move it to this weekend. But this week, I read this afresh and saw something I missed two weeks ago. This woman ran to the village where she lives and brought Jesus to the village. It's the same village that the disciples were just at. Jesus said, disciples, go buy us some food, go get some nourishment for us. And then come and meet me at the well. They literally go to the village, 12 God-anointed, appointed disciples, and they come back and they're like, brought you a taco, Jesus. I got you taco, it's nice and soft, it's been in my pocket. Would you like my taco? But this woman goes to the same village and brings him the village. Go to the village, disciples, representatives of God, ambassadors of Jesus Christ, And bring me something to nourish me. Got you some KFC, Jesus. (laughs) Meanwhile, she's like, hey, make room. We got about 400 people about to come up on this well and say, are you really God? Can you set me free? Can you heal me? Can you give me identity? What are you guys bringing to Jesus? What am I bringing to Jesus? That's what I think when I hear this. Am I bringing what she brought? with heart and authenticity and vulnerability and humility? Or am I saying, I'm a pastor at Wood's Edge. What's up? I'm super special. I'm better than you. Or am I saying, I am the most broken, jacked up dude in this room right now, and thank be to God that I'm still alive, and that I get to like share with you guys that he's real, and he will change your life if you let him, if you respond to him. The disciples were so concerned about judging other people, about comparing and making people feel bad. This woman was so concerned with loving other people that she's like, anybody that can hear my voice, come meet God. He is right down there. He is so close. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, teacher, eat something. Jesus, eat the taco. We worked really hard for the taco. We bought the taco, we brought the taco, eat the taco. Please eat the taco. And how does he respond? No, I want to say more about what they were doing. I'm spitty. Oh, I spilled some taco. The taco is the disciples saying, Jesus, we just went to the town you sent us to, and we made everybody feel really cruddy about their sins. And we let them all know that we're better than them. And now, prison-quality beef for you, right? Eat something. Notice all the great work we're doing for you, Jesus. And how does he respond? Does he like, okay? No. Jesus replied, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. And then the disciples asked each other, well, what? What? Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. And then the disciples asked each other, did somebody else bring Jesus a taco? Who brought Jesus a taco? We went to get Jesus a taco and he won't eat our taco because somebody brought him another taco. Who gave Jesus that taco? I just like saying taco. (laughs) You can be sure that if those guys, all 12 of them, went to town to get Jesus something to eat, it's because he sent them. And he sent him, knowing, I'm going to send my disciples to town. I'm going to see what they bring me. Are they going to bring me a taco? Or are they going to bring me the people? Are they going to bring me the nourishment that I've been teaching them about? I'm going to teach you to fish. Are you going to make us fish? No, for people. No fish. No people, man. I'm going to teach you to fish for people. Go to the village. Give me some people. Here's a (laughs) taco. The disciples were so busy judging people so busy making people feel bad about their sins that they missed an opportunity to hear Jesus for the first time in his ministry that I'm aware of declare, hey, plain spoken, God's Hebrew, not English. I'm Jesus Christ. I'm the Messiah. And they missed it because they're in town saying, hey, we're hanging out with Jesus and you can't come. Hey, we're hanging out with Jesus and we're serving him really good. And we're better than you. So sit here in your dirty little village, sinner. That gross, sinful little girl that they looked down on brought him a village. And when they show up and they're like, eat what we gave you, enjoy what we did for you, he said, dudes, they brought me a village. She just brought me hundreds of people, and that was your job. You should have brought me those people. And hear me. This is the part of the message that I was writing this weekend, and I just teared up thinking about not you, but us. If we don't fulfill God's purpose, our calling to serve others in love, to make him known in love and humility, thinking, I'm the worst one here. If we don't fulfill God's purpose for our life, he'll forgive us. He'll still love us, but he will also get someone else to do it for us. God has a purpose for your life that is so magnificent that we can't even put it into words. And if you're not serving him with love and humility and authenticity. He will take the tasks that he wrote for you to do before you were born, and he will hand them off to somebody that you're like, what? They're horrible. And Jesus will just respond, I love you, but they get it. They're serving me in love. They they opened up. They were vulnerable. They shared their, their pain. They acknowledged that obedience makes a difference. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Disciples, great taco, but seriously, God feeds me with a satisfaction and a nourishment because I serve him with my heart. And he will nourish you too if you serve him with your heart. You'll be able to go into a desert and not eat for 40 days, and you'll be fine. And the devil will show up to tempt you at the end of the four days. And you'll just be like, go to hell. I don't need you. And you'll be able to say it with power and conviction. And you'll know that God has your back because your nourishment came from knowing my heart is with the Lord. And not just my brain, not just my head, not just my knowledge of God, but my love from and of God. Jesus is saying to those disciples this morning, he's saying to us this morning, hear me. Pride, vanity, gossip, comparing each other. If that's the way you want to serve me, I'll get somebody else. You'll still be my son. You'll still be my daughter. But you're going to miss out. I will get someone else. There's a long line. The fields are ripe with harvest. I'll get somebody else to do your job for you. But if you serve the Lord the way this little girl did, with heart, with authenticity, with a willingness to say, I am far from perfect. I make mistakes all the time, but I'll admit it. I'll work on it, and I won't judge everybody else around me along the way. If we serve like that, there is a nourishment in store for us that we can't even comprehend. There's a satisfaction available to us that we can't even begin to understand. If we serve the Lord from a heart like that, God is going to give us what we not want but need. He's going to give us identity for the rest of your life. And he's going to give you a purpose that's going to make everybody around you stop and look and say, where did you just come from? Take me with you. I'm going to invite the band to come up here and we're going to respond. And again, and again, you guys, it's the most important part of the sermon. What are you going to do? What has God been saying to you this morning? What has He been convicting you of? What has He been encouraging you about? What has He been warning you about? He's not judging you and saying, Oh, you're bad. He's warning you. I don't want you to miss out. I want to bless you. Don't keep that from happening. There's a million and one ways. There's a billion and one There's Seven and a half billion people on the planet today That means there's seven and a half billion ways to serve the Lord. How are you going to serve the Lord? I would love for every one of you to be on one of our teams. But if you got something else, if you're supposed to start a ministry at your school, serve the Lord. If you're supposed to pray for a friend, go serve the Lord. If you're supposed to forgive someone, serve the Lord in humility, love, authenticity. I am really upset with you, but... I can't carry it around with anymore like I'm struggling with how upset. So please forgive me. Serve the Lord with humility, love, and authenticity. We're going to pray about two things. And then we're going to respond. But I want to explain the back half of our response. When we're done with our response with worship, right out there, four tables, sign up. If you already think you signed up. Sign up again, save us the trouble of calling you. But sign up for a serving team and get in the game and own this ministry and keep inviting your friends. Not so I can be like, look at all the people, but so Jesus can be like, there's another one. So go sign up. But here's how we're going to pray today. I'm just going to give you some time and space, but if any of the behavior of the disciples resonated in you this morning as, man, I'm wrestling with that too man, I'm struggling with that too. Dude, I did that last week. Deal with it right now. Bow your heads. Jesus, if there is anywhere in our life that we are falling short, that we're missing out, that we're um, cutting off your blessings at the past because we have a bad attitude, because we're consumed with pride or lust or guilt or shame or fear, we don't want that anymore. And thanks be to God, we don't have to carry it anymore. So. In your own words, students, just tell them, just say, take this. I don't want it. I don't need it. It's not helping. Take my pride. Take my comparison. Take my judgment. Invite the Lord to take that burden from you right now. confess our sins, it leaves an empty space you just took something out of you said Jesus take this and he did now there's a hole fill it, ask Jesus to replace that confession with something convicting, with some hope with a way to put your faith in action invite Jesus right now how would you have me serve you this year you are asking Jesus for your purpose for the year How would you, Jesus, have me serve you this year? Open your mind, open your heart. He might show you a picture of a person. He might show you a picture of a team. The word service or worship might come to mind. Just receive that, embrace it, own it. Ask the Lord, how would you have me serve you this year? done. You have confessed. You've asked for conviction. Now you need to do something about it. You need to do something with it. Express outwardly through action, through word your response, your gratitude, your worship. Hear my words, but keep in an attitude of prayer. We've got communion here today. It's our every week reminder that God spilled out his blood allowed his body to be broken so that we wouldn't have to be punished for the sins that we've committed we wouldn't have to receive the punishment that our sins demand payment for he paid for it for us he went to the cross for us so that we can serve so that we can have identity and purpose in Jesus Christ you can respond today by taking communion and saying thank you God for what this symbolizes I need it, I want it, I want to walk it out. You can respond to God today by bringing your tithes and offerings. And if you have a job or an allowance, bring the tithe and offerings. And let God know, you, Lord, are more important to me than money. You are more important to me than stuff. I need you more than paper in my pocket, plastic in my wallet. I want to be a part of supporting the work you're doing at this church I call home so you can respond that way you can worship you can sing these lyrics as your self-declared prayer every week whatever the song is whatever the lyrics are just agree with them and shout them out agree with these songs and declare them as prayers over yourself and to the lord he loves it he delights in it he'll respond to it jesus receive our worship, receive our response, and bless it. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You guys respond as you feel led. Thanks for listening to the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. Please feel free to share copies of this podcast, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way. For more information, please visit woodsedge.org or find us on Facebook under Woods Edge Student.